Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of The Spilled Tea. I am your host today, David. Um, Michael has family commitment, and Kyle has friend commitment. So it's just me tonight. Um, Yeah, so the show's probably going to be short unless I'm going to debate myself. Um, So, yeah, let's just start off like I always do, which is, um, you know, finding out how everyone's weekend is. Well, my weekend is pretty good. I didn't see a movie again, second weekend in a row. I actually, um, right after work, went to hang out with my sister and um, her family, and that was fun seeing them. I hadn't seen them in a little bit. And, um, yeah, it was fun seeing them. And My niece, who's turning three this month, is so funny. Oh, my gosh, she's hilarious. So... It's always fun hanging out with her. And um, God, I can't even, like, the way that she talks, she talks like she's a 10. Like, at 3, she says to me, um, I say, oh, you know, I can't wait to see her. Oh, why don't you show me your Easter outfit? And she looks at me, and she starts getting giddy, and she does this little, like, shaking thing. I can't wait to show you. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm talking to my sister. I'm like, this girl is literally 12. She's like, yeah, I know. It's crazy how much she can say. You can have a full-on conversation with her, and she will understand. It's just crazy. Anyway, so that was yesterday. But I also wanted to make mention of something that happened on Friday. And I'll tell you the meaning behind it after I'm done. So Friday, I took the day off, and um, I got a new car. It's a 2014 Hyundai Sonata GLS, almost fully loaded. Um, (laughs) My nephew said something funny about that. but um, So, yeah, the whole thing came about really strangely because I was trying to get my – I I told you before how my car got hit, and um, it got hit by the snowplow side, swiped a lot. And so I wanted to get my landlord's Prius because I just want a Prius so bad. Well, my bank wouldn't approve me for two separate loans because that's what I'd have to do. Pay off my car, but then also pay off the new car so they wouldn't approve me for that. What they did say was you can get a new loan. And it kind of came out of the blue because I just... I was surprised because I can't even get a credit card because I've had such bad credit. So I was a little shocked by that, but whatever. I didn't really think of it. I kind of like blew it off. And they called me a couple times and said, you know, you can get a new car, you know, just talk to this guy who is basically a car advocate. I don't know his real title. What he does is he works with the credit unions, and he and he works with my particular credit union, and he helps people get cars. 
also gets a loan together. He works with the car dealership. He's a liaison between the car dealership and the banking institutions. So I'm working with him, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm paying off my car next year. I really don't want a new car. I don't need one. My car works perfectly fine. He's like, yeah, but I'm telling you right now, I can get you a good deal. And your bank is really pushing it because they really want you to get this loan. I'm like, I don't know. So I thought about it and I thought about it and I finally said, okay, let's just do it. It went went really quick. There's a car dealership down the street from my work. I went there, bought a couple cars, selected one that I liked, and um, literally (laughs) it took like a lot of driving for me because I had to drive to my insurance company. I had to drive back to the dealership. And the surprise came on... Friday. So I'm in Dorchester. My um, credit union is in Grafton. Um, And so I had to drive from my house to Grafton, sign some paperwork there, pick up the dealership check, and then drive the dealership check back to Brockton where I finance my car. Or, yeah, I finance my car. I pick it up. I sit down with the credit union, and first of all, they told me the rate, which was insanely low. I couldn't believe it. And so they're like, okay, and this is your uh, car payment every month. And I'm looking at it, and I go, huh. And I sit back, and he's like, what? And I said, you don't realize this, because you probably don't handle my loan personally, but this new car is $5 less than my old car a month. And he's like, oh, really? I didn't, no one's ever said that before. And, you know, I'm, of course, giddy now because I thought it was going to be like $100 more. And on the drive to the credit union, I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm going to have to work so much overtime. I might have to get a second job because the insurance went up sky high for me, and I was shocked at that. So... I'm driving back to the credit or the car dealership with the check and everything that I need, and I'm just thinking, "Wow, this is amazing!" Because before I left, I actually met the guy on the phone that I the car dealership liaison with the banking institution. His name was Dave. Um, I met him in person, and I also met the woman who approved my loan for me at the credit union, and she's like, "You know, I." I said, you know, I was a bit shocked by the car payment amount. And she said, you know, I really tried my best to work with my senior loan people. And, um, you know, they approved you for this because, A, you honored every single commitment that you made within the past four years. And, B, we really wanted to keep you as customers. So, yeah. And so I sat down with Dave and I told him, you know, I'm shocked by this. And he said, yeah, me too, because this is the rate you were supposed to get. And that rate was in the double digits. My rate is in the single digits. So I was, like, really shocked. And he's like, I don't know how it happened, but they approved you, and you're in good standing. So the whole point of this story is that, yes, they are in the business to make money. I completely get that. I was forthcoming with 
my unemployment, with the fact that I was really, really struggling to try to get back on track with my car payment. I was very upfront with my credit union about this. Because of that, because of my forthright and, and being honest with them, they in turn were willing to take a chance on me again. So my point is, if you are honest with people, no matter what situation you're in, if you are transparent with them, they will always, always have your back in the end. And I know it's not as easy as that in saying, like, you know, oh, be honest with everyone and you're going to have a great life. But in certain circumstances, I feel like, man, this is, this is what people mean by being a good person. Good things happen to you. You know, so I just wanted to share this story, especially on Easter. You know, um, yeah, I just thought that, that was cool. And by the way, if you're not doing anything at nine, please support my latest crush, Juan Pablo de Passi from um, Dallas. He played a really, really bad guy on Dallas on TNT. But he's now going to be playing Jesus tonight on NBC at nine. So nine Eastern, tune in and watch him. And then after that, watch American Odyssey because you might see me in the pilot. There is a scene where Jake Robert Robinson, who plays like this trust fund baby slash hippie, um, not hippie, but I don't know what to call it, like grunge maybe? I don't know. Well, anyway, he's in the city. He runs across the street. He hails a cab, and I'm the person that opens the cab door for him. I'm getting out of the cab, and I just hold it open for him, and he walks in. And let me tell you something. If you have seen the Carrie Diaries on the CW, he played Bennett, Carrie's, um, Carrie's friend. He's openly gay on the show and whatnot. But when we were between takes, it was March of last year, and so it was really cold out. So they had, like, outside heaters for us. So all the extras are crowding around the heaters, warming our hands. Jake came over, and he warmed his hands with us, and he starts chatting with us, just very friendly. And I thought, oh, my God, I just saw this guy on TV, like, two weeks ago, and now I'm standing next to him? It was so cool. And then um, there's another scene where I'm inside of a building, and I walk, I walk across the front of the, the front lobby, and Peter Facinelli like, kind of walks and crosses me. He talked to us, too, and he's, like, he's, he's a little bit taller than me in person, but, man, is he handsome. And I'm, like, looking at him, I'm like, oh, my God, Carlisle? You know? <laughs> I couldn't say these things to these people because they're working, you know, and I really wanted to talk to him about, like, everything, what's Robert Pattinson like and everything, but... I couldn't do that because, you know, they're working and it'd be like you being on your job and having somebody talk to you about something from a past job, you know? So, um, so yeah, I kept it professional, but I was dying inside. Oh, my God. And, um, yeah, so I just wanted to talk about that. So watch those two things tonight on NBC. Uh, American Odyssey starts right after AD, The Bible Continues. Um, and the Bible continues. It's going to be, I think, a ten or twelve part miniseries. So 
I'm definitely going to support Juan Pablo on that. The good Juan Pablo, sorry. I hate to throw shade, but... Um, yeah, so... I did want to make a major announcement in my life, and not like a major announcement that's like pressing, but I've kind of been bashing General Hospital ever since I stopped watching it last year. So because I wanted to be fair, um, since Michael joined the show, he's gotten me kind of, you know, okay, maybe I'll check it out. I wasn't sure if I'm sure or not, but today I decided, you know, GH is on Hulu Plus. Why not try it out? I binge-watched all of last week's episodes. I picked a great week to watch General Hospital. Gone is the cartoonish writing that I hated that made me not watch it anymore. Replaced with realistic moments. I mean, Franco and Nina are kind of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And I think it's kind of crazy that they blackmail a pregnant woman. You know, I think it's kind of nuts, but whatever. I also think it's kind of crazy that um, Alexis, and I don't care how hot Julian is. Let me tell you, William DeFry is gorgeous, head to toe, best body on the show. But Julian slept with someone else on the show. And what is Alexis thinking by being with him? Like, I, I mean, she's been with Sunny, so I'm sure it's like par for the course with her. I don't like that they made her dumb like that. I mean, it doesn't matter if they were on a break. It doesn't matter if they were, you know, if he cheated. It doesn't matter. I would not, not be with him if I was her. And then again, maybe I don't, maybe I'm not reading it right. Maybe she doesn't know this stuff together and I just, I'm quote unquote new to the show. But the thing that I really love, which I can gladly say Michael was right and I didn't doubt him, the storyline with Luke's past got me bawling. I mean, it just, oh, I can't even. I am shocked that this show produced that because it was a nearly flawless storyline. Only thing missing from the storyline, the only two things, two things are missing. Laura and Lucky. Now, I'm not trying to get Laura back with Luke, and I'm not saying Lucky has to be on the campus forever. But Laura, Luke and Laura made General Hospital, let me back up, Luke and Laura saved General Hospital in the 80s because the show was about to be canceled. And so to do a big storyline about his past, about why he's the way he is for his entire life, and to not include Laura any part of this week, because it should have been this week we should have seen her. It's so insulting to people who are long-time viewers. So insulting. I consider myself a long-time viewer because I know when I started watching, I knew all the relationships there. And like I said last week, I've been an on-and-off viewer since 1992. So 
I know who people are. But I did find one hiccup, one major hiccup. Aside from Laura and Lucky, I found a huge major hiccup in their storyline. If Luke looks exactly like his father, Tim Spencer, and his mother, how the heck do Bill and Luke look exactly alike? Wouldn't it be another Spencer? Shouldn't he be Bill Spencer? Do you know what I mean? So if his genes, if Tim and Luke look exactly the same, any male offspring on Tim's side should look the same. So how the heck is a boy on Luke's mother's side look like his father? That's the part that I feel was a wicked hiccup. And it kind of made me scratch my head. I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. How does Bill Eckerd look exactly like his Luke's dad when they're not even blood related? I didn't I didn't understand that part. But I'm gonna let it go for now. Other than that, every day last week was amazing. I think um Olivia should have called the crazy people's bluff. I kept waiting for something original from that storyline, and I just wish, I just wish one day, one day, when someone threatens somebody on a soap or TV show or in a movie, they say, you know what, because she had everything right. Olivia was right. Um, Franco and Nina found out that the baby Olivia's Karen is Julian. So I wish she said, go ahead and tell him, go right ahead, because nobody's going to believe either one of you because you're crazy. So instead of letting them say, oh, guess what? Olivia's baby is yours. And have Julian like, what? And Olivia's like, yeah, okay. Do you have a DNA test to prove that, Franco? Do you have any proof? And then she could have called Sunny, and Sunny could have doctored the DNA test, and then made them look stupid. But I just wish she had called their luck, and she didn't. That, uh, I don't. I wanted some originality there, and I didn't get it. So I'm a little peeved about that. Um, the whole Jake storyline, Billy Miller. I I like that he plays Jake like Steve Burton's Jason, not like Billy Abbott if that makes any sense. So gone is the, like, snarky Billy who, like, gambles and drinks and sleeps with everybody. Now he's Jason, who's a messed up person who sleeps with everybody. But I just like the fact that he isn't playing the same character at a different show. That's my point. And, um, yeah, I think that's it's for GH. Um, the Young and the Restless has answered our prayers, I think, for now. And they're not making Sharon the killer of Poxon, which, thank you, Jesus. Um, I have a guess on the two people that I think one of them might be who Victor's talking to. 
in the church. I think it's either Brett Davis, like I said before, who is Ashley's father, who hates the Abbots and wants to get even with them so bad. So that would be a good motive. Or, and and the thing about Brent is he's not actually on Victor's level. So it's not like he's like more powerful than Victor, but he's got he's got an equal grudge. Or it could be Tobias, who works in the lab. Now, why would it be Tobias? I don't know. Maybe Tobias is more powerful than we thought. But it would be great to be one of I would like to see it be Tobias because I miss Jeffrey Todd, who played Tobias back on the show. And I thought he just made a quick, quick goodbye, you know, and I didn't like that. And he's gorgeous to look at. Um, yeah, I um, don't really have a lot of topics because obviously, you know, Kyle was supposed to be a host, so I didn't get. Um, together any topics, but um, I did find something funny. <laughs> so um, this man, it, this is not funny, but I, I mean, I shouldn't be laughing at it, but I kind of, I, I forgive me for laughing at it. So this man was um, uh there was a, a weird smell coming from his apartment. And his um, neighbors were like, you know, oh, my gosh, there's something wrong with, you know, called the police. And um, the police entered. And um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. this is, by the way, in Argentina. The police entered the apartment of this guy who was 58 years old and they found him naked. And next to him, they found a scarecrow. Like when you put out in the yard, uh, or not the yard, when you put out in the field to scare away crows and stuff, you know. The scarecrow had a blonde wig, lipstick, had a dress on, <laughs> and a strap-on penis. <laughs> The guy was dead, and he was just laying next to the scarecrow. So, apparently, when you have sex with a scarecrow, you could die. So, don't do that. Um, they don't know the cause of death yet. I'm, I should not be laughing. This is awful. So, but yeah, I I saw that, and I was like, wow. How did that happen? Man. So, yeah, there's that. Um but, yeah, like I said, I don't have any real topics. I know I'm missing major news right now from last week, and I apologize, but I'm kind of trying to stick to the light stuff. Um, oh, something else that majorly happened um, that I want to talk about before I end today. Now, people still hate Juliana Rancic for calling Zendaya her, her dreadlocks, you know, they look like they smell like weed and patchouli oil. And it is wrong that she said that. But what I found disgusting is that for years, for years, people have said she looks like a bobblehead. Her head's too big. She's too skinny. She needs to eat a cheeseburger. 
I haven't agreed with everything that she's said or done. I actually hate when she puts her son on. Like, a year or two ago, she would have her son, a story about her son every single day for, like, a, a six months, and I hated it. And I don't, it's not that I didn't want to see her son. It's just everybody else had kids. Her son was, like, the main focus once a day on that show, and I, I just, I thought it was disgusting. But I never stopped liking her as a person. And so when she announced that she had breast cancer and she had a double mastectomy, the world, the world embraced her and gave her love and support. Then after that, they were like, oh, she's so skinny. And I said, God, she had cancer. I don't care. She still needs Ebola. And I kept saying that, and I will always defend that. You know, she had cancer. Well, she came out and said, you know what? I realize I'm too skinny because the medication I'm on to help fight my cancer makes my metabolism really quick. I eat like a horse, but I just can't gain weight. And I would love to be sexy and have my old figure back and have curves, but I can't gain weight. When she made fun of Zendaya, that was the one part in her life that she messed up in my eyes. And everybody just attacked her. Like, she was racist, she was this, she was that. People on the show, fashion police were quitting because of it. Yet people were attacking her weight for years. So she did one bad thing. She said one bad thing. And then she went on TV and apologized for it. She said one bad thing, apologized for it, and she still was getting shit. Oh, let me back up. She was getting shit about her weight. Then she said one bad thing. Then she apologized. While she was apologizing, she still got shit for her weight. And even after coming out, people have said, you know what? She made fun of that girl. I don't care. She still needs to eat a hamburger. It's like you don't listen. You don't listen. I think it's wrong to skinny shame somebody just the way it is to fat shame somebody. You shouldn't make fun of people's weight. You have no idea what they're going through. You have no idea what Rob Kardashian is going through. Sure, he has the money to get a trainer, but if you don't have the emotional state to say, I'm going to go and get in shape today. You're not going to do it no matter how much money you have because you're not in the mental state. And when I was younger, I was like super skinny. People would be like, oh, you're a stick figure. You're you're meat on the hanger. I'm like, well, what am I going to do about it? I I, I can't do anything about it. I can't gain weight. Now I have too much of it that I want to get rid of. But (laughs) another story. But I just wish people would leave other people's weight alone because you don't know people's story. You have no idea what people are going through. And if you do and you continue to make fun of it, you are just a disgusting human being. She's specifically stated why she cannot make fun of her because of that. That is bullying. Period. Hands down. 
Those are the people I do not want to associate with. Because those are the people that made all of our lives miserable as kids. Is this how we are as adults? We tell our kids not to believe, but then we do it ourselves? I just, I think it's disgusting, and I think it's wrong. And I wish people would just stop it. Make fun of someone's outfit. They can change their outfit. Make fun of someone's hair. They can change their hair. But do not make fun of someone's skin. Do not make fun of someone's weight. Sexual identity. Sexual orientation. Those are things you can't control. And I think it's just disgusting if you are the type of person that would make fun of anything about somebody just to hurt them. That's my rant. Sorry, I went on a tangent. But um, that's basically all I have for today. This week I'm just going to work. And um, now that I kind of have a little bit of a break from my TV shows, I think I'm going to start writing again, maybe read a couple books that I have on my shelf that I just have not read yet. So, yeah, that's it. I want to thank everybody for listening once again. Next week, hopefully Kyle and... um, Michael join. And, oh, I wanted to make another um, shout-out. I forgot to do this last week. I did have a major thing that I did the, the weekend before. Um, I talked to one of my childhood idols, which is Jen, from Jen and the Hologram. The voice of Jen and Jerrica was Samantha Newark, and she was amazing to talk to. And I just want to thank Doug for not only just meeting her, but bringing her on her show and having us as fans being able to talk to her. She was so gracious, and she talked to everything in that call. And I just, I, love, I remember being a kid and, you know, with my friends Megan, Kelly, Jill, Megan's sister Angie, Monique, and Sarah, and we would all play gem. And Sarah loved to be the bad. She she loved to be the bad girl. I don't know why. Tell me a lot about Sarah. Huh? Love you, Sarah. And of course, I was black, so I had to be Shana. But it was just such a big part in my childhood, and it and it made me happy to be playing with these girls. And you know, we were we were acting out scenes, we were making up our own, and it was just so much fun. And there, there are so few fun moments in people's childhood that they remember. And to have to have a chance to meet somebody who was a part of that fun in your adult life, it's kind of rare, you know? So I just wanted to thank Samantha for meeting me and talking to me. Um, she was so fun. And, um, yeah, that's it for today. I hope everyone has an amazing week. Thanks once again for listening, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Still thirsty for more tea? Then check out our upcoming and archived shows right here on our Blog Talk radio page. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Spilled Tea and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Spilled Tea. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of The Spilled Tea.